If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is November 28th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Well, I'll tell you guys, uh, I don't know if you heard it, but there was an interesting trade rumor this past uh, week, or last week, I should say now, uh, right after uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, my old uh, colleague and good friend, Joe McDonald of The Athletic, reported that the Bruins have been uh, kind of kicking the tires on a trade with the Minnesota Wild for uh, Massachusetts native and forward uh, Charlie Coyle. Uh, obviously, the Bruins looking for some scoring depth uh, and need some dearly. Even when they get their players healthy, they're still going to need it. Uh, and some of the young players, you know, like an Anders Bjork and Danton Heinen, just unfortunately to this point have not been able to get it done. So they're looking maybe elsewhere. They're hoping to still solve it internally, according to Joey Mack, but they could look elsewhere, and one of those areas uh, could be with the Minnesota Wild, and one of those teams could be with the Minnesota Wild uh, in acquiring Charlie Coyle. But you know what, guys? That's a perfect example, I tell you, each week now for the last month. That story right there and all other Joey Macks and Fluto Shinzawa's pieces are a perfect example why you need to subscribe to The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Instead, read and subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. Coverage will go beyond game recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than 650 to 700 news stories published every week across all sports. You need to go right now to theathletic.com slash Bruinsbeat. Again, that's theathletic.com slash Bruinsbeat. You'll get a great discount, $2.99 a month. That's 40% off. Get it for somebody else. It's the holiday season. Don't just do it for yourself. Do it for somebody else. Why not? Theathletic.com slash Bruinsbeat and type in the code Bruinsbeat. You'll thank me later. Well, welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I hope you all had a wonderful American Thanksgiving holiday and the NHL season is now really into the dog days of the season. This is when the games start to really pick up and uh, we'll talk about that a little later on, but the focus of this episode right now is, of course, going to be on a former Bruin uh, who will have his number finally raised to the rafters this Thursday at TD Garden. That is number 16 of Rick Middleton heading up to the rafters. Uh, and an honor well-deserved for Nifty. I think it's a bit overdue, but we'll take it when it came. And I credit the Bruin, Cam Neely, Don Sweeney, 
and everyone else behind it who made that happen. And uh, a person joining me right now is a former teammate of Rick Nixty Middleton and another guy who has his number raised in the raft as a TD Garden. Of course, that's number 77, Raymond Bork. Uh, Ray, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm great, and uh, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, lots of good grub, and uh, enjoyed some family time. <laughs> yes, I had a good uh, Thanksgiving. Both my boys are playing together in Bridgeport for the Sound Tigers in the American League for the Islanders farm team. So we went up to Connecticut for Thanksgiving with my daughter and my uh, and with Gracie, my little uh, granddaughter, to, to meet up with her two cousins. So we had a great time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great seeing all the family, you know, getting everybody together. You don't. You, sometimes we find we don't do it enough, right? So when we do it, it's uh, it's well worth the time. Hey, Ray, let's... Oh, my favorite holiday. That's yeah, sure. you know what? I like it better than Christmas. I really do. I, I, I yeah, just, no gifts, no no religion, no nothing. Nothing. It's just pure, pure family. Exactly. Just hanging out and having a good time. So, uh, And I always love those leftover sandwiches the next day. I don't know about you, but... I'm still <laughs> yes. Uh, um, but anyhow, listen, you know, as I was saying there, your former teammate and a, a friend of yours, Rick Middleton, Nifty Middleton, he's going off to the rafters on... Thursday, and, um, you know, just first your thoughts on him finally getting this honor. Well, like you said earlier, it's uh, long overdue, and uh, I'm just happy it's happening because uh, he's a very special player and one of the best players I've ever played with, uh, especially in Boston. Um, you know, not knowing much about uh, Nifty other than just watching him kind of beat up on the Canadians every once in a while. Um and getting to know him when I got there, uh, I mean, what a player. Uh, shared a lot of special moments with uh, with Rick um, in terms of uh, just what we did uh, with the Bruins together, but also played in a couple Canada Cups with Rick and uh, shared a captaincy with Rick and just saw him score some incredible goals. And uh, what a complete player. You know, you look at his numbers and, you know, he's got uh, – an incredible amount of goals and points and all that stuff, but uh, the guy could be played in all situations. He'd kill penalties, he'd play in the last minute of the game, play power play, uh, so he was uh, really a guy that you could count on game in, game out. Yeah, you know, he's something else, and it's like, you know, one thing I, I when I talk to people about Rick uh, that's sort of a common thread, it, it's just sort of what a good teammate he was, and, and what a leader he was, and I imagine for, you mentioned, you know, when he came in, you didn't know much about him, but talk about the way maybe, was he one of those guys who kind of took you under his wing? Yeah, he was a great teammate um, and a great leader, um, you know, especially when I, uh, you know, when we became co-captains together, um, you know, uh, I was asked, uh, you know, to be captain, and I really felt uh, at that point in time, Nifty, you know, was the next guy on the list, and seniority and his leadership, and as a player he was, uh, I just, and, and I was a young, a young 25 or 26-year-old, and really uh, blown away by the opportunity and the question about becoming captain for the Bruins, and I'm like, uh, the minute I was asked, I said, I don't know, I think Rick Middleton should be captain of this team, and we were kind of co-captains for two or three years, so he really helped me in the transition stage in terms of leadership and becoming uh, the captain for many years with the Bruins, and I owe a lot to Rick in that case, but uh, he's a great teammate, um, 
you know, uh, such an easygoing guy and always a positive guy. And uh, so he's a lot of fun to be around. So, uh, you know, playing uh, that amount of years with Rick was, uh, was a total blast for us. Everyone, you know, maybe for our younger listeners here, don't understand why they call him Nicky. Uh, why don't you give them a little insight on how that name came about? Well, he, uh, if you see uh, highlights film, like I, I, I just remember coming to the Bruins my first year, and they throw in these, uh, these, these highlight uh, videos, um, and while you're getting dressed for practice, and you know, some were about Bobby Orr, and then there was one about Nifty. Um, and uh, I just remember the song. It was like, you know, oh, it's magic, you know. You can do magic. You can have anything that you desire. Magic. And, and then he's just slickly sliding to people left and right, scoring these incredible uh, beautiful goals, and uh, you know, as a defenseman, I've gotten beaten uh, a few times, but all these clips were about him, you know, beating uh, defensemen left and right, and uh, going in and scoring these these goals that you just don't see guys do. So he had a he had a gift for uh, really getting people off balance. Uh, his patience with the puck, in terms of before he made a move, he always made that defenseman bite and then he'd put it through his skates or toe tuck or something special um, and uh, they were highlight goals and uh, that's how I think he got his name Nifty uh, and a uh, pretty special player and a, a guy that is really exciting to watch you know from the bench you have the best seat sometimes on some of those highlight goals he scored and uh, I was lucky enough to see uh, quite a few of them you know, you mentioned earlier that he could do everything. He could kill penalties as well. I remember talking to him earlier this summer, Ray, when he uh, found out that he was going to have his number retired. And he was talking about towards the end of the career and having to sort of adapt more to a third, sometimes fourth-line player, but uh, someone who, you know, had to utilize those defensive skills more. And I, I guess as you remember that, and he mentioned obviously the 87-88 season there, when you guys ended up going to the Stanley Cup final, when you finally beat Montreal, um, just looking back on that and the way he sort of put his pride aside, so to speak, and, and really took one for the team and said, look, I'm going to help you no matter how I can. If it's not the way I'm used to, I'm going to help him this way. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, Rick was always about the team. And uh, I remember him scoring a uh, a big shorthanded goal against the Canadians yeah. in that series. And, uh I, uh, but the guy was, was ready to do anything for the team. And that was, you know, towards the end of his career. And he, uh, he could play a lot of different roles. And even when he was in his prime, uh, the guy wasn't the most physical guy, but, you know, he was always in the way. And, uh, you'd never go through him. You'd have to go around him. And by doing that, he, uh, he really knew how to play, uh, positional, uh, hockey, um, you know, without being an overly, overly physical guy because of the stature as well. But um, always got involved, uh, was always in the right place. You knew where to find him in terms of breakouts when you're going. Uh, you're breaking out of the zone. He was always there for you. And then, you know, and the other side of the uh, offensively, he just made it happen. And, you know, it was part of his two 50-goal seasons to see him do that. It was a lot of fun. And, but, uh, you know, Nifty, uh, at the end, it was all about the team, and it always, it always was about the team. He was a great teammate that way, and 
Um, and uh, we finally got to the finals in 87, 88 after beating Montreal, and that was a blast uh, for that to happen, regardless of the outcome of the finals. Yeah, it was a great season. I remember watching that in person. Uh, and finally, Ray, I just want to get you take, you know, obviously I would imagine this week and the weeks leading in have been just a whirlwind for Rick, right? And, and I'm sure the day itself is going to be the same way. What was that like for you when you had your number retired at TD Garden? And were you able to, like, kind of step back afterwards and really take it in? Well, it's, uh, it's an incredible special moment. Um, you know, uh, and it's a it's a nervous time because you're you know you got to speak for a certain amount of time, and now you're you're going through your speech and trying to think. You know, you don't want to forget anybody. You want to hit the right points, and you know you got this stuff down. You're practicing. You're you're getting ready for that big night, and you know you got a lot of family and friends and and fans are going to be there watching you. And, uh, it's, it's nerve wracking, but it's. Uh, it's a feeling that really is a uh, an incredible one that you you never expect when you start playing the game that you know you're going to be among those numbers up there in the rafters and you know after an incredible career and a lot of hard work you find your way there on that night and it all comes together and it's a very emotional time for for you and his family so and and like we said earlier you know this this is right this should happen Rick should be up there. Uh, the 11th number to go up there, and it's an incredible honor. And, um, you know, I will say that, you know, his number being up in the rafters in TV Garden uh, is, is one that should be there. But also, uh, when you talk about the Hall of Fame, I still think of Rick as a Hall of Fame player, and I hope that happens for him someday. That's the next step we hope there. And, you know, you bring up that speech. Uh, my dad always said, Ray, that you, you try to keep a speech like a good woman's dress. Long enough to cover the subject, short enough to be interested. <laughs> yeah, but when you have long careers, it's tough to do. <laughs> <laughs> it ends up being like a gown, right? But anyhow, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or a wedding dress. We'll see you over there at uh, TD Garden Thursday. Look forward to it and uh, enjoy your time down in Florida. We'll talk to you soon, Ray, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That's Ray Bork joining me here on the Bruins Beat. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. We'll talk to you next week. Middle it in. Scores! Rick Middle it. Trimmett to Middleton. Trying to maneuver. Down by Sam Scott. Score!